DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Time to welcome in our basketball insider, Steve Cleveland. He joins us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Lease any phone and get an iPad or Samsung Tab A for $99.99. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Steve, good morning. Good morning. Steve, a couple things have changed since the last time we had you on. I wasn't sure uh, what you would all be, t- be talking about these last few weeks. <laughs> well, they had to clean the arena, so we were off for four days with the weekend. And uh, I walked into the studio to see, yep, the arena's definitely been cleaned. I don't know the last time the studio looked like this. Holy cow. Somebody has definitely been in here cleaning. So uh, I'm curious, though, uh, you have, is uh, a coach, you've had teams go to the postseason, you know how important it was and how many memories it creates, but I don't think you ever had to tell a group of guys who'd clearly earned an NCAA tournament berth that they weren't going to the NCAA tournament. What would that be like? You know, it'd be really difficult. I, I, I tell you, I had, a, I had an experience when I went to Fresno, and uh, just to give a little bit of context, um, I remember... Uh, after going to the NIT their second year and uh, having a really good team, and, and all of a sudden we go to, I have to go to San Antonio to meet with the NC2A for significant violations, even, even a possible death penalty with Fresno State, and about 40 or 50 attorneys there in San Antonio, and I had a chance to speak to them, and we're basically, I'm there with the president of the school, and it's one of those things where, uh, we don't know what's going to happen. They, I had a chance to speak for about 30 minutes in that meeting. Ultimately, the death penalty wasn't given to the university for infraction that, infractions that had taken place. But at, at the end of the day, it was one of the tough things is when I had to go into the locker room with a group of guys and tell them there'd be no postseason play. And, and that was before the season started. And, uh, and I know how difficult that was on them because we felt like we had a really good group and had a chance to, to go something, but nothing like BYU uh, or Utah State and, and having experienced that uh, a great, great seasons, uh, so many stories, uh, so many evidences of just uh, teams that were together and had great toughness and all the chemistry and culture things that were good and then to take that all away from them. I mean, both BYU and Utah State had teams that could uh, win games in this tournament. So, and, and it's been a while for BYU since being in the tournament. USU obviously was there. So uh, those are heart-wrenching things. And you just, uh, I mean, you feel a little bit sorry for yourself as a coach, but you really, really feel bad for these young people who have given you everything that they have. There's nothing that you can do about it. And uh, so you focus on the positives, you know, and, and there are a lot of positives for both of those teams that would have been in the tournament going forward, but nothing kind of takes the hurt out. They'll have some opportunities to meet, I know, as a team. They'll probably have a banquet and celebrate the season, but uh, not the same thing, especially when both of these are really special teams. Just for clarification's sake, those infractions took place before you got there. Yeah, they Make did. Sure. Uh, there was a series of infractions that took place, and uh, it was it was kind of a dark time. You know, I, it wasn't something that I thought was going to happen. I thought it had been resolved, and uh, yeah, that was a really difficult thing for everybody involved. But th- we, you know, the same thing. And we had young people and uh, that were, you know, had been brought there, and and all of a sudden that thing kind of. The, the, you know, the floor fell out on everybody. And, and, and it was really difficult after that, to be honest with you. We got six years of probation and uh, a, lot, a lot of things that made it really difficult. But 
were unforeseen when I got there. Um, but I can remember the disappointment in, in their eyes and how difficult that was and how angry they were. And uh, so, but this, this is a situation that's so much more positive in the sense that they did special things and they're going to celebrate that, and, uh, but they're not going to have a chance to play. So, um, yeah, it just, it, 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 there were two very difficult things, but I remember that it wasn't that different going into that room and telling young men who were excited about the upcoming season that there would be no upcoming season, there would be no NCAA tournament. Steve Cleveland joined us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Care to speculate on how it would have turned out for BYU and Utah State? You know, I, I, I've, you know I've, like you, depending on where it looks like BYU was going to be a fifth seed. And uh, I, I saw so many different scenarios. But both teams, uh, I, I believe, would have had great opportunities to win a game. I mean, both of these teams have such great shooting, uh, good defensive teams, well coached. They had enough depth uh, to to kind of get through a tournament format, and you know both of them. I mean, I, I can't imagine neither one of them not winning. And I know BYU came off a tough uh, a tough loss to St. Mary's, but they had plenty of time to get back ready and be prepared for that. And uh, with so much shooting, and of course Utah State had a three game winning streak going on, winning the Mountain West Conference tournament. So. Absolutely. Uh, I, I think both of those teams, depending on the brackets, could have been potential Sweet 16 teams. You, don't, you know, you never know what's going to happen. But the talent was there. The coaching was there. The experiences that they had, two very confident teams trusting each other and basically all in. And so it wouldn't, I don't think it would have surprised anyone. I think a lot of the prognosticators thought that BYU could be a Sweet 16 team. And... Uh, and anytime you got Sam Merrill on your team, anything can happen with Utah State. He had an amazing tournament and got them back to uh, where everybody kind of, thing, kind of thought they would be preseason. I don't think anybody saw San Diego State coming out of that thing like they did. But, uh, yeah, lots of disappointment, but also uh, a lot of love from a lot of people. And I think they, the players, I'm sure, and the coaches have felt the love from their communities. So the Jazz situation, you know, from a basketball standpoint, what I wanted to ask you, because uh, you know uh, Adrian Wojnarowski actually used to work in Fresno, was in our conference when we were back in that, doing it way back when. And so I trust the guy. I've known him for 25, 30 years, and he reports that there was some friction there with Gobert and some of the Jazz folks. And then Donovan Mitchell goes on Good Morning America, and he says you know, he needed some time to cool off, basically acknowledging that there was some tension there and Gobert doing what he did, and he's apologized and all that stuff. I mean, not that I matter, but I certainly uh, forgive the young man for doing what he did and, and life goes on and all that and hopefully for the best of everybody but from a basketball standpoint i personally don't see this over the long term as being an issue whenever they get back out on the floor you don't have to be the best of buds i think they're charged with a mission and that's to win as many basketball games as you can you've been in situations where locker rooms you've had conflict between individuals maybe even coaches who knows what was going mm-hmm. on there how do you play all that out to make sure you're still focused on what the task is all about? Well, at some point in time, they're, they're going to get back together. And, and I think that's the responsibility of the coaching staff. To, you know, I think before you even have a team meeting, you sit down with each individual player. What's your experience been like? How are you doing? 
and that'd be the first thing that I would do. I'd want to get one-on-one, kind of find where their mindset is, what's going on, how's your family, make that kind of contact. Uh, and, and then I, you know, it, it's kind of, if it's the big old elephant in the room, then you talk about it and, you know, where are we at? What's going on? And he's going to, they're going to have a chance to talk to Rudy. They're going to have a chance to talk to each other. And then I think once you've done that, you've talked to it with the coaching staff, you get a sense of it. You lead that discussion. There will be a narrative and there probably were some hard feelings. Uh, and you know what? I, I think all of us, I'm like you, I mean, uh, it, there was some immaturity there and, and certainly uh, more, more from a lack of knowledge and understanding of what it was. Uh, I mean, everybody knows it's been and heard Rudy Gobert, pretty sincere, kind person. And I know he felt bad to the f- point where he's donating $500,000. That kind of tells you how important he thinks it is. And so I, I read Adrian's comments. I, you know, and uh, I, I I heard you know some recent things from Donovan on some Twitter stuff. But at the end of the day, th- these are pretty mature young men that'll get together and work that thing out. Uh, but I do I don't think you're going to ignore it, and I do think you you jump right into it with uh, interviews and discussions with coaches and players. You bring the players together, talk about it. It gives Rudy a chance as well with all of his teammates to share what he shared. And then you move past it. You just move past it. I mean, who hasn't done silly, dumb things? And it wasn't intentionally. He wasn't trying to hurt. He didn't have. He had a lack of understanding. There's a big difference when you've got understanding and you know everything on the table, and then you act ignorantly. Then there's there's going to be issues. But that's not the case here. And uh, I don't I don't see it being a problem. I think they work through it. But they do have to address it. They do have to address it. You don't want anything lingering. And they come if they happen to be able to have the opportunity to come back. I mean, they're in a situation in fourth place. They're only a couple of games out of second place. They got a lot on the line, and it appears, from what I'm reading, that both of them are getting better and feeling better. And like any kind of a flu, uh, those things usually take a week or two. But uh, I can't imagine the NBA going back into business if anybody's still sick, or if they are, they won't be participating. So um, that, that's my. Those are my, that's my take on it. But I, I, I think that uh, well, we just live in such a transparent world that you can't sneeze, say anything, do anything without the whole world knowing about it. And a lot of things are taken out of context. And, you, you know, you just never get all the context on a Twitter feed. And uh, unfortunately, we got millions and millions of people. That's, that's the foundation for all their information daily. And that's a little unfair to people that can't defend themselves. You know, I think when it comes to relationships, you know, there's a hundred things that go into it. And so we know one, two, three, four, five of them. Uh, So there's probably a lot to the relationship, both good and bad, that we don't know. So I think when you talk about the elephant in the room, they got to address all those things, whatever they are. And PK and I don't know them and you don't know them and Jake doesn't know them. But I think the other thing that happens in sports is that people end up respecting or not respecting the way somebody plays. So you can have the elephant in the room discussion, but whenever they get back to playing games, however long that time period is, I think how you play. In Rudy's case, he's, you know, he's talked openly this season about wanting more shots. You know, not asking for shots, not asking for the ball, defending, rebounding, running the floor, not saying anything would carry a lot of weight, I would think, the same way that clear the air discussion would. Am I right? Yeah. No. Yes. Yes. I. I. I, I think everything on the floor means everything. It's. It's kind of like 
you know what? I apologized. I've donated money. I clearly made a mistake in, in judgment, but it wasn't with full knowledge of what it was. It was just more my naivety and ignorance to what was going on. And I'm going to come out and just get after it. And I'm going to play the best I can to help this team. And, uh, you know, you don't have to talk about it anymore. You know, and I think once you, once you leave that room and once you leave that situation, whatever it is, we're not going back there. We're not going to go back to let's focus on hoop. And, uh, yeah, I, I think all of those guys, uh, I, I think there'll be a focus. I, I think Rudy Gobert will come out and play with a vengeance and probably maybe even more so because he feels like he needs to prove to people his worth and his value to this team. And, and certainly he has a great value to this team. So uh, I think that's exactly how it will play out if, in fact, they actually have an opportunity to play again. And it, it, this, it is so crazy that every morning I get up and read something different, and it appears that they are going to reevaluate and reassess after 30 days and see how this is going to play out. But there's also lots of things that we're reading away from sports that would indicate that this might be a two, three, four-month deal that nobody's doing anything. So hard to know to understand what to believe, what not to believe. Uh, in California, uh, everybody 65 and over is supposed to stay in their house and be quarantined for the next two weeks. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to wrap that, wrap that around my head right now. It's like, you, no, you got to be kidding me. And now it's not, they're not mandating it through police force or anything yet, but that's the recommendation from the governor. And we know this state at times can be really messed up with legislation and a lot of other bureaucracy stuff that uh, is a little crazy. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's all the things I'm reading. A, a lot of people don't feel that, that they're ever going to come back and play. I hope that is not true because I am dying. I mean, I realized uh, how shallow my life is <laughs> when I go home and realize that there's no basketball to watch, there's no, MB there's no NC2A, no NBA, no golf. Uh, you know, it's like, okay, I got I to gotta start doing some other things in my life <laughs> if these things aren't going to be available to us. But I've really missed it. But we, we actually have done some good things as a family. I think a lot of people are indoors and doing things. And uh, that some of the things, I've, I've never really sat around and played games with my grandkids and done those kinds of things. So maybe this is good for me. I got to get reconnected with everybody. But it's, uh, it's been a really, really unique experience the last few weeks. So you've been in this business 35, 40 years. Uh, I don't know how much is going to surprise you anymore, but were you surprised that Rick Pitino gets another opportunity? Yeah, I was. And uh, I just really surprised. And, I mean, listen, I, I believe that people can change. And uh, I, I apparently, I don't know, was he given a two- or a three-year stay where he couldn't take a job? I, I don't remember the details specifically. Um, but people have short memories. People want to win games. Uh, I'm, you know, everybody has value to them. Everybody can change. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not going to judge the man. He, you know, maybe he's made some significant changes in his life. There were a lot of inappropriate things that went on there, and I can't imagine a president or an athletic director not sitting down and going having a thorough investigation that here's the things that have to happen. You committed to that. I mean, obviously he can coach. He's an iconic name and person in the, in the basketball business. It's going to help recruiting. He's back in New York. Um, but I was surprised. I, I really was surprised. I thought that 
you know, I knew he went over to Europe and coached a little bit. I, I would, I don't know him well enough to say, hey, I felt always felt like he'd come back into college basketball. But yeah, there's a little risk there, and and uh, but I I can't imagine that any president or athletic director is going to bring him back and not have some really, really, really long discussions about compliance. Yeah, but he's going to sell tickets and fill seats. And oh, yeah. Oh, no, I, we, we all understand why he's going to sell tickets and he's going, to be a, he's going to be able to bring kids into that program. And Iona's always been kind of an up-paced, up-tempo team. Guys like to play that way. And he's in the heartland there of guys that can – can play so no it's it's going to benefit iona basketball in significant ways but i i would just if, you know if i'm i'm the leader I and mean, the leadership of that university you hope they address those things uh really loudly and you know and intently that hey what are your intentions why are you coming back why do you want to do this that would be different. why 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 do you want to come back here what are your intentions and i'm he obviously convince him that uh, he, he wants to be there, he wants to coach, and he, you know, I'm sure he wants to do all the things that every university wants their program to do. Um, again, I don't have a lot of insight to that, but I hope that discussion took place. Steve Cleveland joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Steve, as always, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you again next week. Thanks, guys. Be safe. See you. Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.